Hey guys, Kyle here. Before we begin this episode, we had a little problem with the audio while we were recording this, so it will sound a little bit different than normal. We apologize for that, and it should be back to normal next week. Thanks, enjoy the episode. For me, it's 7.22 a.m. on July 21st, 2022. But for you, it's another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I am your host, Kyle, and with me in my ever-evolving second chair is co-host of The Fans Are Way Too Noisy. Welcome back to The Media Files, Viz. Thank you for having me back. It's a great opportunity once again. Um, so for me, it's uh, 20 past three in the afternoon. Yeah, I was I was about to say, you've got a regular recording time. I'm up pretty early doing, which is fine. Like My kids my kids wake up at like 6 or 6.30 in the morning. So roundabout then is when noise starts happening and I've got to kind of start getting out of bed anyways. So it wasn't like a struggle for me to get out of bed this morning. I'll say that. But for you, it's kind of uh, nice in the afternoon, except for that nasty heat wave you guys have got going on over there. Yeah, we have had a, a bit of a nasty heat wave over the past weekend. So it's been quite difficult. to get into a proper sleeping pattern yeah i learned that most homes in the uk don't have air conditioning is that correct uh no they don't oh man that is awful Uh, well and of course i live in a desert and we regularly have temperatures around the 110 degree fahrenheit which is what like 45 degrees celsius range yeah so we're, we're regularly in temperatures like that we'll be in those temperatures today we were in those temperatures yesterday but for you guys that's super abnormal and so you guys are just out it there is, in, the, in the struggle right now uh our general heat over here is normally anything between 20 to 25 degrees when it's normally hot so this is completely surreal yeah so the kitchen temperatures are topping at the moment anything from 50 50 upwards uh, and that's really intense heat to be actually working in and doing a, <laughs> a quite a hard paced job stay hydrated man that's and uh make sure you keep your freezers plugged in so that doesn't melt all your spumoni ice cream i'm still waiting for you to send that over okay for those that don't listen it's this is an absolute tragedy uh seven viz on their podcast rank every item in the universe five items at a time and because i like spumoni ice cream which if if you don't know what spumoni ice cream is is it's like neapolitan ice cream except it's cherry chocolate and pistachio it's absolutely delicious it's so it's like my third favorite ice cream on the planet but they've never tried it and therefore they have it ranked last under some awful awful things too like like being sick or like stubbing your toe those are all ranked above spumoni ice cream what a what an absolute absolute tragedy this is but there will be an opportunity to for you to change something in the ranking but it's just getting onto the episode but that will come in later later series of what we're doing okay there is a there is a chance and i don't i don't want to say this for sure but there's a chance that next year Lindsay and i will be visiting the uk oh well and if we do we're gonna meet up we're gonna meet at a at a shop that specifically sells spumoni ice cream and we're gonna have a great time over the spumoni ice cream you're gonna have to try and find some research on that with the where the sells it then <laughs> uh, yeah well we'll we'll do some research beforehand this week on the media files we are talking about the sea beast
The Sea Beast is the story of a group of monster hunters out to slay the legendary Red Bluster, a large serpentile creature of the ocean, in order to protect their crown-financed jobs. Stowed away on the ship is young Maisie, an orphan who wants to fulfill her destiny. The Sea Beast is a Netflix original film that premiered in the U.S. on July 8, 2022, and stars Carl Urban, Zaris Angel Hator, Jared Harris, Marion Jean-Baptiste, and was directed by Chris Williams, who has a great track history with Disney hits like Big Hero 6 and Moana. And uh, Viz, I know you watched this movie uh, recently with your family, as I did mine, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, me and my daughter sat down and watched it um, a couple of mornings ago before I went to work. And uh, what are your thoughts? I know you've got some like fun facts about this movie, and uh, I, I think overall you enjoyed this movie, right? I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's a, a great adaptation to a lot of stories. I did see a lot of anecdotes within this, like that would feature to a lot of ones that we would have grew up with um, in our younger days. And like with the animated series, I do enjoy watching them. You know, I'm I'm kind of with you there. I'm a I'm a big fan of animated movies, and I like movies that are well animated, right? Movies that yeah. movies that actually go through some decent lengths to have a cool animation style and and show some really neat uh scenery or or characters that you just wouldn't be able to see kind of realistically in a live action film and i think that animation's always kind of the best way to do that and so i'm always kind of impressed by that i'm also i've also got to say that i i i'm not sure i had a lot of really high hopes going into this movie originally because it is just kind of this netflix original film that always kind of vary in quality but netflix is starting to to have a really good track record with animated films. This movie's sitting at a 94% currently on Rotten Tomatoes, which by any measure is fantastic. And I've also really enjoyed a lot of the animated films that have come out of Netflix recently. Last year, my favorite movie of the year was The Mitchells vs. the Machines, which was a Netflix original film that I thought was absolutely fantastic. Before that, we had The Wish Dragon, which was not a I don't want to say it was like a super fantastic film, but it was a really good film. And my kids absolutely loved it. And so we sat down with my kids to watch this movie, kind of just expecting a run of the mill adventure movie. And I'm I do the dad thing where we sit down on the couch, everybody gets popcorn. And within about 20 to 30 minutes, I've got my head back and I'm snoring, right? Because it's like in the evening and it's just a good nap time for me. I could not fall asleep during this movie because I was actually really paying attention to it. I was really intrigued by the story that it was telling. I thought the visuals were really good. I thought all of the voice acting was great. And I thoroughly really liked this movie. Like I like I said, the director, Chris Williams, comes from this Disney background. He did Bolt originally, which was nominated for uh, Best Animated Picture. And then he did Big Hero 6 and Moana, which were both also nominated for that Best Animated uh, Film. And he I think he kind of knocks it out of the park again here. And this movie feels a lot like Moana in many ways. There's a kind of this larger than life strong character who takes kind of the leadership role over this young, headstrong, driven girl, right? And they're out on the ocean doing things together, you know, and there's there's larger than life creatures also. So so I think a lot of the story beats kind of hit like Moana, but I also think I liked this movie more than Moana. And I liked Moana. I was not a fan of the some of the music and sillier parts of Moana, which I know that 
that's kind of blasphemy since that was all Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, but I I think I like this movie more than I liked Moana, to be true. I would completely agree with you. I preferred this more than Moana. I think my daughter would probably disagree with me even more. But yeah, um, I like the idea of the fantastical beasts they've got in it. Huge monsters. They don't know what to go, what's out there. And the the idea and the way they base this story on and the relationships that, were, that are in it, it just works really well. And I couldn't stop watching it. Now, I, I do think that this movie is kind of predictable, um, which which is not a bad thing. Right. I think that kids movies to a certain degree should follow kind of some basis of a of a set plot line because i i think that amongst other things kids movies should not be huge surprises for kids in the sense that they are learning basic plot structures of things right there should be something easy to follow and something easy to wrap their heads around otherwise they'll get lost in the movie and not understand the lessons that it's trying to tell or exactly you know what the plot structure is uh so it was kind of predictable and like i said i do think we've seen this movie a few times before uh but i i want to point out too that this movie is is not like the disney movies that chris williams has done previously in that there's really very little humor in this movie and i don't want to say that it's completely void of humor there are little jokes thrown in here and there but overall i'm not sure that i would classify this movie as a comedy do you agree no i wouldn't class it as a comedy it's obviously got its little anecdotes that only adults will understand that's why it's the family movie but they've got to keep it interesting for the adults at the same time to have those little snippets to be able to probably yeah i know exactly what that means but your seven-year-old sat next year is like they're completely oblivious they just think sure it's yeah funny. <laughs> yeah well and this movie kind of just ends up being this action adventure film which i i think that was one of the other things that really drew me in i i don't feel like there was a lot of shoehorned in jokes there was it was just trying to tell this really fun action adventure story which is another thing that i don't feel like happens a lot in in kids movies these days i feel like every movie has to be very slapstick or very kind of over the top humorous and a lot of the times that falls flat i and i'm thinking specifically about kind of these despicable me minions you know it's very slapsticky yeah. and of course they're they're popular and there's nothing wrong with movies like that but i don't know the last time i watched a kids movie that was kind of just a full-on action adventure movie and these were movies that were really big i feel like when i was growing up and movies that kind of shaped how i enjoyed cinema and how i how i grew up as a child yeah i'd agree because like us growing up you had there was a lot more action adventure movies that animated like a lot of what disney did um Although there's plenty of different stories about their idea behind it and how it worked, but they were very action adventurous. So if you go back to, I don't know, Pinocchio or uh, The Lion King, thinking about that was probably yeah, one of absolutely. the worst ones I can think of. It's very action orientated and you're following the story of Simba. So, with this to come out and the graphics that it's come out, I think it's a great adaptation for the Netflix films. You, you know, I, I think back to movies like this from when I was younger and not entirely animated, but at least partially, there was a movie called Dragonheart that starred Sean Connery as, as this dragon. And 
that movie was I don't want to say it was a great movie. I'm not even sure it was a very good movie, but it was a movie about this this medieval knight who encounters this dragon and kind of forms this friendship, you know, between them and and end up kind of working towards each other's goals. That movie was kind of this family oriented adventure film that contained little bits of humor here and there, but overall was a a very adventure style movie. Again, thinking of things like Lord of the Rings, right, where maybe a little starts to lean a little more on the adult side with orcs getting their heads chopped off and stuff like that. But I'm really excited for my kids to be able to get into movies like that that were really pivotal, pivot, excuse me, pivotal for me and also are just great adventures and, and things that got me into playing Dungeons and Dragons when I was in a, in my teens. Um, obviously, movies like The Princess Bride, which is probably my favorite movie of all time. Uh, I, I was actually talking to Lindsay recently about how I, I can't wait for my kids to get just old enough that I can start my first Dungeons and Dragons campaign with them, because that was something that that growing up was so big for me. I think it shaped a lot of who I was at the time, but also shaped my interests into movies and properties that I enjoyed. And so I, you know, like maybe when my youngest is eight or nine years old, we can start our first D&D campaign. But that's something that I thought about while watching this movie. I thought, man, this movie feels like and I didn't really think about it until my buddy Brent texted me. But he, this movie feels like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. I, I think that you could, you know, take the plot of this movie, take a lot of the sets of this movie, throw them into a Dungeons and Dragons campaign and let your players play through a story like this. I think that would be a, a really fun thing. And it's something that really made the, made me enjoy this movie quite a bit more. Yeah, put it into that aspect, it would work. Like, if you're going to throw that in, it would actually work. Like, all the different ideas they've thrown into it. Yeah, I could definitely see the Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Dungeons and Dragons aspect of, of that story. There are some uh, really good voice acting performances in this movie. Uh, any that you particularly enjoyed or stood out to you? Uh, well, two main characters and their relationship they had between us with, like, was um, Marie and Jason. I can't remember their names. I did have it up a second ago. Uh, Maisie and Jacob. That's the one, Maisie and Jacob, sorry. <laughs> you were close, you were close. <laughs> uh, which is Carl Urban, uh, who plays Jason. And Maisie was, oh, I can't think of a, a name off the top of my head now. Zara's Angel Hator. That's the one. Uh, I think they stood out the most. Yeah, uh, Hator, I think this is either her first or second thing that she's ever done. Um, and and really did a great job at voice acting. I I. I really love voice actors and, and what they bring to the table in terms of of a very specific skill set that you don't find in in other acting. I think I got to say, though, Carl Urban has just turned out to be this this wildly talented actor who I can't get enough of. Um when we were and his voice is so recognizable when we were watching the movie i i kind of leaned over to lindsay and whispered i said hey do you recognize that voice and it's kind of unmistakably carl urban and she goes i do but i can't place it and i pulled up a picture of carl urban and she goes oh my gosh no way she goes she goes that's a uh, billy butcher from the boys and I said, well, I said, well, yeah, but he's in like everything else, too. And she goes, I've never seen him in anything else. And I said, well, yes, you have. And she goes, no, I haven't. And I said, I said, honey, he was in Star Trek. And she goes, no, he wasn't. And I pulled up a picture of him as McCoy from Star Trek. And she goes, that was him. And I said, yeah, you can hardly tell by looking at him. And he also uses an American accent in that movie. And, and I said, yeah, that's that's Carl Urban. And she goes, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. And then I uh, I pulled up a picture of him from Thor and she goes, oh, my gosh. And it's starting to blow her mind that all of these different people are Carl Urban and how he kind of shapeshifts depending on what role he's in. But I also don't think I'd, I, I should have known after, you know, watching him do so many things. 
had no idea that he was such a talented voice actor as well. And he's really becoming kind of one of my favorite actors in Hollywood these days. Yeah. I know you brought up Lord of the Rings and be able to like watch that later on when you kill children. Also get Carl Urban, by the that. way, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, he's he's really just turned out great. Now, have you watched The Boys on Amazon? I've seen a five minute episode of the third season, but no, I haven't watched any of it yet. Okay, I I probably know which clip you're thinking of that five minute clip. Um, That show is that show is completely despicable and awful in every way. And one of the most entertaining television shows I've ever seen. It's 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 incredibly rated R for anybody thinking about watching it. But it's also a great story and wildly entertaining. Uh, But Carl Urban's one of the main characters in that show and just does a knockout job. He's he's a terrible character who half the time you're rooting for and half the time you hate. So, you know, I think it's a a fine line to do that. And he does it really, really well. Uh, Any other thoughts about the Sea Beast, Fizz? Uh, Yeah, I've actually got some two interesting facts about the Sea Beast. Um, So this as an animated film is one of the only animated films that features navigational needs of a ship in the age of the sailing. Uh, throughout the film, you inevitably is seeing being navigated using accurate sailing commands and seamanship, uh, which much artistic liberty. Uh, a sailing master is present, Mrs. Marina, who directs the movement of the ship under Captain Crow's commands and consideration is given in the dialogue and the animation to real world actions, mass sails, the ridging and the wind direction. You can see that a lot in the film. And this is one of the first animated movies that have done that. I, You know what? I actually caught some of that during the movie where I thought, wow, I feel like they they had to really do some studying on how ships work and, and the different terminology that ships use. Because like you said, most movies, I don't think do that. I think they kind of just cop out and you get to see these beautiful vistas of ship sailing. But the dialogue here was written specifically as if it was written by a mariner. Yeah, so it worked really well. And you can see that like after reading that, you can actually see and I can picture parts of the movie in my head now or where they've actually used that and the deckhand being there constantly all the time, taking commands from the uh, from the excuse me from the captain and then she leads the ship to what he wants them to do absolutely yeah and then the other one i've got in an early scene um jacob describes a fellow shipmate as a merchant sailor on his first voyage this is one of the many references to the moby dick ishmael and the protagonist of the book it's a former merchant sailor on his first whaling village so it's got a little bit of historic reference there and links to uh, some very old stories like story have you uh, have you ever read moby dick i have a very long time ago i probably i think i did a, a um synopsis on moby dick when i was at school Man, Moby Dick is a is a book that I read in high school, and I I half love that book and half hate that book because that book is so focused on the on the specifics of sailing and the terminology of sailing and whaling specifically that it gets lost telling the story sometimes because it wants you to understand every little piece of a whaling ship. But the actual story of Moby Dick, I'm I've always been very fascinated with, and I think it's a great tale. Yeah, completely agree. It is a great tale, and. I think you do get lost in the writing sometimes when you're reading these things and it kind of go, goes off picture of what they're trying to um, establish and what they're trying to write. Yeah, Melville uh, Melville was a wordy author, but I, like I said, I enjoy the story. If you can find an abridged version of Moby Dick, I think it's worth reading. Everything we talk about on the Media Files, we do give a very stupid and utterly arbitrary rating to. Viz, how do you arbitrarily rate the Sea Beast? Sea Beast, I'm going to go with 15 on a 20 die dice. Okay. Oh, that's pretty 
pretty good. Mm. 15 out of a 20-sided dice. I think by any stretch, that's a that's a good roll. Most rolls hit depending on your skills with a 15. I like that. I uh, I think I would rate this a how to better train your dragon. Okay. Yeah. It reminded me a, a lot in the animation, and I think some of the themes of this movie, as a how to train your dragon type movie, which I think are really good movies. But I think because of the nautical themes and how much this felt like a D&D campaign, this one clicked a little better for me than the how to train your dragon series always has yeah. and uh you know what i how to train your dragon has had like three or four movies i really hope this one kind of gets some follow-ups i think that they could tell some really cool stories in this world and uh expand on some of these characters especially Maisie. i think there's a lot of a lot of world for her to explore and a lot of character traits as she grows up for her to explore i think we could get some cool stuff out of it yeah definitely i do see what you mean it's like you can see how you train your dragon in red in this movie definitely like the it's very picturesque to oh, it yeah. Uh, well, how- and I feel like the 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 red bluster, the the main dragon. I do feel that that looks a lot like the How to Train Your Dragon dragons, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. Toothless is that what it was called? Toothless, toothless and red got very much very picturesque. You're right, red. That's what they call it in the movie. You're yeah. absolutely right. I forgot about that. Yeah. But How You Train's Dragon has also got a TV series as well. Well, multiple TV series. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And I think most of them are on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's correct. Man, Nef- you know, Netflix has, has been in the news recently for like bleeding subscribers and not being able to keep enough content. But I've been pretty happy between like Stranger Things and movies like this. I yeah. think they're doing OK for me. I'm going to stay subscribed for a while. Yeah, I'm definitely staying subscribed. It keeps a lot uh, keeps a lot of entertainment for the kids, especially when they throw in new movies like this. It's something new to watch especially with the sparse time that i have a lot of the time well if we do get a follow-up to the sea beast i promise we'll talk about it here on the media files but that's all we've got all the time we have for this week and i want to thank you for sticking around to the end of this episode of the media files and thank you again viz for being here this week no problem thank you very much guys the media files is provided by rpgera.com technical assistance is provided by brian and the producers are jacksack and zanku i'm on instagram at bruce Duff, that's at b-r-u-c-e-t-o-p-h or the rpg era discord with the link in the show description reach out to us with what you're looking forward to and until next time be kind be honest and we'll see you later